Aloha Maui Nui. Hey, this is Josh Porter. Jason Verkart. Welcome to the Solar Coaster, episode number 65. This is who needs a... for somebody else to chime in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Aloha, this is Solar Anthony. Oh, that guy's here too, right? Yeah. Hey, what's up, Anthony? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got Anthony uh, in the studio. Thank you for coming in, my brother. And uh, and Jay's piping in from, from afar. You want to let us in where you're at, Jay? <clears throat> well, we uh, mentioned before we were going to Cuddyhunk Island, which is off the coast of Massachusetts. Uh, we did just finish up there. Fantastic island, fantastic group of people. Uh, just cut their diesel by two-thirds. Uh, story to follow. <laughs> so we're going to air that episode uh, upcoming in a month or That'll, so. That right? next should, month? Yep, should be in the next <clears throat> couple of weeks. <clears throat> very cool, very cool. And we had a great episode today. Uh, we're going to be talking about, it's kind of like the second stage of our last show, which was just digging into solar batteries, uh, on-grid batteries, who needs them, what are they for, what are they doing for us, keeping it really kind of uh, to the point here. Um, but we do have uh, some great callers that are going to come in, and that's uh, Kyle, Bulger, and Ben, both from Blue Planet Energy, uh, Blue Ion Systems, and uh, actually, Kyle is in Puerto Rico, which is pretty exciting because there's yep. so much going on, going down on it there. Uh, and so we're going to hear firsthand from Kyle about his experiences. As I understand it, he's actually moved to Puerto Rico. That's how big it is, all the stuff they're up to out there in the grid rebuilding uh, kind of phase of that oh, whole Oh, they experience. just put him there. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, he's in the, he's in the outpost. Uh, so, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll hear from those guys shortly. And, uh, and uh, really excited to kind of dig in there. And I think these are great guys that we can kind of put the questions to about some of those earlier questions we had last week. Uh, uh, about the nitty-gritty of on-grid batteries and how they function and, and uh, you know, both self-supply modes and grid outage modes and, and uh, kind of getting, getting our head around kind of the nuances of that. So that's our game yep. plan for the day. Shall we get started? Sounds like a plan. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, hey, folks, this is the Solar Coaster. We're a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. We can be found Fridays at 1.05 p.m. Uh, here, right here in Kaoi 1110 a.m. in the studios in Wailuku. We also have some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. We got a great website, which is reportedly under some development. We're going to put some new pictures up there soon, right, Jay? We're still working on development. Uh, if you have any uh, suggestions, stuff you'd like to see on the website, we're certainly open to them. Uh, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and you can actually fill in your um, information to uh, to us, your mailing address, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll get back to you. If you have questions that you want to get on air, you can do that. The website is www.solar-coaster.com. That's solar-coaster.com. You can listen live there as well and get all our old shows. So just about everything is on, everything we've ever done is on the website. Just go there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I actually have been sending <laughs> off those episodes from time to time when I have a conversation with someone about technology. I'm like, hey, just listen to this episode, sure. and that it'll give you kind of a good primer before we get into it, you know. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, we have a great group of sponsors that have kept Solar Coaster on air: uh, Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonam Battery, Pika Energy, and Sundrum Solar. Uh, Sundrum's been doing some bang up business out here recently, actually. Uh, really exciting technology, and I've uh, been finding new opportunities to deploy it. You know, uh, we got yeah, it makes makes so much sense. <laughs> If you're, if you're doing anything with thermal, whether it's heating or cooling, uh, not just necessarily electric, PV electric, uh, the Sundrum system can really take the edge off. Well, 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 <laughs> it's it's well, just, amazing. Just bottom line, what's neat about it is that up until you know, up until that, you kind of had you had solar hot water for domestic hot water. You had you could put in a pool he heating system if you wanted, um, and then you had PV electric, right? And but nowadays, but you can use some. I think I think you can do Sundrum for for pool. Right? No, you can, I mean, but I'm saying prior prior to yeah. Sundrum being kind of in our 
our sphere, you know, those were your right. tools, right? And now you look right. at us, you look at a house, you go, okay, well, I can do X amount of PV, right? But then you, if you apply the sun drum to that scenario, once you've kind of got all your data about your pool, your air conditioning, and your domestic hot water needs, then you can see greater offset, significantly greater offset. And some of these uh, $5,000 bill houses, uh, we've seen it go from like a 40% offset, maximizing what you can do on the roof, then pushing it up to like 50, 60% offset via the uh, sun drum, which is pretty amazing. These are some, you know, big, nice. big houses, nice. you know, unusual things. But uh, it, so, yeah, really excited, stoked for Sundrum and to see them out here. And we really appreciate those guys supporting us and uh, and all that. So we also have some podcasts, Jay. <clears throat> sure. Going back to the uh, all our all our old content or the current content, we're available on all the uh, major podcast platforms that we can get into right now. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just search for Solar Coaster, and our little yellow logo will pop right up. The SC. Uh, click on us and take a anywhere you go yeah check us out check us out all right let's get into our news and events uh so we got some good stuff going on there in the world today uh, you want to start out with this one Ton, about the uh, the uh, glut tons of stuff going on this is something we've talked about a bunch of times now it started out as oh my god the sky is falling <laughs> tariffs oh, right tariffs are going to ruin the ruin the solar market um we've seen a number of shifts over the year and it proves that you really can't kind of predict this stuff um now no, no we're kidding, having a right? massive so, solar so solar panel yeah <laughs> Solar panel glut is muting the effect of Trump tariffs. Uh, this is this is coming from Sun Power, which is one of the companies that makes high performance, uh, high quality modules um, at, at a premium for sure. Um, they are not manufactured in China, rather they're and where are they from? They're from Philip the Philippines and Mexico, and they're actually filing for an exemption. But they're also of of a mind now where if you were building a large solar farm or a large purchaser, like a large national installer, uh, prices are pretty much back where they were before the whole tariff scare happened, right? I mean, we're 12% we're globally since China announced its changes on June 1st. That's right. a huge drop. It's all, only over, over a couple of weeks. <laughs> right, right. And Tom Warner, the CEO of SunPower, saying, if, basically his quote is, if you're building a large power plant, your pricing has certainly come back at least halfway to what it was pre-tariff, if not all the way. So he's pretty confident sure. that these prices, um, the glut, the, why is the glut there? Just to recap, you know, China removed the incentives, a whole bunch of the planned deployed solar uh, systems throughout China uh, stopped, and there all of a sudden there's an oversupply of product, and uh, prices start to kind of just rocket on down, which is, uh, which is uh, you know, I mean, in some respects, it's nice to have uh, lesser expensive uh, solar uh, modules. I know, I, at the same time, I know that um, <clears throat> Andre, Andre Richter from uh, Meyer Burger had said that, hey, you got to be really careful about that because a lot of that product that's coming out, it may not be coming out of China, may not be really at the standard or the quality level uh, that we want here in, for our, you know, our installations. Remember him saying yeah, that? that? That's, that's, a big, that's, a, that's a big question. He did say that. And, and then... Uh, I mean, these these were also cells and panels that were meant for, per, they were produced in China for consumption in China. They were never meant for export. So right. are they they up to snuff for our yeah. UL listed Reasonable question. product? We don't know. Reasonable question. Yeah. I mean, we, we know what we're getting when we get it out of here, whether it's tier one or other types of products. I mean, it's a, so you generally have a good idea, but that is something that Andre brought to our attention that, hey, be careful about this because you don't, you don't necessarily want those yeah, products. Yeah, absolutely. And then the question <clears throat> is, is it going to stay there? I mean, right now we have this glut. Once manufacturers trim down production and it goes back to, to quote unquote normal, uh, will the prices stay where they are or will we see an increase? 
Well, I mean, it's all going to come down to production costs, right? What does it cost to produce these sure. channels at the end of the day? And sure. that's where it'll kind of like buoy, I suppose, right? So, um, okay, yep. well, I mean, that's uh, hopefully well, in, the, in the meantime, that just kind of mitigates the effects of the tariff and allows the industry to kind yeah. of continue on and chug along, right? Well, yeah, exactly that. We've got we've got plenty of plenty of good cheap panels out there. Panels, of, of course, it's it's not all about the panels. There's a lot of other costs that go into making an entire solar array, whether it's on your roof or in a in a in a large field. Um, labor being a big one. Uh, the one comment that I thought was interesting in this article was that SunPower is seeking to purchase Solar World Americas. Now, we had a couple shows back went into which Solar World is which. Yeah. <laughs> and the Solar World Americas is the one that actually owns that plant in Oregon. And I could see SunPower actually going after this this plant because they would like some domestic manufacturing capability. So sure. that's really interesting piece of information. Uh, if you're interested in, in investing SunPower, you want to know where they where they're manufacturing and why. Um, if they if they act that if the sale goes through, they get that organ plant. That's going to change their landscape significantly. Well, what, yeah, and then not to, uh, not, we got to probably move on to the next one, but they did mention in that article sure. that because they're high performance panels, that this, you know, reduction yep. in, in costs on conventional actually kind of spreads the gap out further from, you know, in, in pricing what they make and what this, these types of panels are. And that actually makes it more difficult for them to manufacture domestically. Um, but, uh, you know, they're looking to kind of hedge that situation, make sure they have domestic manufacturing capabilities so they can be, probably be nimble and navigate this kind of crazy stuff as it moves forward right all these different uh right well at least hurdles. at least to have the option would be nice i would think for any manufacturer yeah but they're going to have to redo their lines and create all the different manufacturing steps necessary to manufacture sun power in that spot I, I, I don't know exactly which cells they're manufacturing there but in any case sun power is doing some really interesting things and in, in navigating all this what's going on in your yeah. neck of the woods jay you want to jump over to massachusetts well like i said i am in massachusetts right now um and just today i was stuck in cape traffic trying to get out <laughs> trying to get out of the capital um massachusetts passed a bill house bill 4756 uh is a major leap forward or side <laughs> to the side uh, on the state's progress toward 100 percent renewable energy now we, we tend to talk a lot about hawaii on the show because that's where we're from that's what we love and we're the tip of the sphere but it, other states are actually taking aim at this too um this bill was pa passed in the last minutes of this session and it is it is not going to go back for for review at all it's done um unfortunately it was there was a unanimously passed senate version of the same bill uh that was then pared down once it reached the house that that really really cut back a lot of this um they're going to get by this through this bill a thousand megawatt hour now a thousand that's one gigawatt hour gigawatt. um <clears throat> a gigawatt hour I, don't, I think that's the first time i've ever said that on the show um of, <laughs> of storage now that's that's utilities in the state have to have purchased one gigawatt hour of storage by 2025 and remember that because we're going to talk about that in a later article <laughs> um revised demand charges this is a weird one i didn't realize that they had this but there was there's a particular uh, electric uh, provider, electricity provider in the state, uh, the Commonwealth, sorry, excuse me, uh, called Eversource. And Eversource got a demand charge approved through their DPU, that's it, that their PUC, um, for solar customers. So solar customers were actually getting a demand charge simply for being solar. Oh, boy. And, the, and yeah, that was unprecedented across the nation. And so this bill actually went, just slapped them on the wrist and said, no, you can't do that. Nice. It's unprecedented across the nation. Nice. So that was removed. Uh, absolutely fantastic. So those are two positive they, things, right? Um, 
those are those are those are, well the the senate version of that same bill was asking for two gigawatt hour that's what i was yeah i was going to get to um the, the demand charge was dropped they dropped there there was a price attached to carbon emission that was dropped out of the bill which didn't make it um and they kept their net metering caps intact and this is the most significant thing of of the bill is that they didn't raise the cap or eliminate the cap on net metering in the in the state of massachusetts so there's like 200 some odd projects that are basically on hold because they reached their net metering that that region has reached their net metering quota right. and they simply cannot install anymore and that's so one they of are the most still, important things for people that are looking to get solar installed right to have more net well metering can, can you do it can you do it at all <laughs> and right now right. the answer is no so this this bill had a major um chance to the, the senate version of the bill basically eliminated a net metering cap altogether there would be no cap and that would have been phenomenal for people who wanted to install uh, it would have made like very <laughs> very 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 difficult for the utilities mm. i'm sure mm. uh but but it, that I mean, in the end we're going to have to go there there's going to have to be some kind of no cap um the other thing that they added was a clean peak standard and i thought this was really interesting incentive it's incentivizing renewable energy generation during high region times of high regional load yeah yeah which is really cool so that's where the storage if, if you've got for, a lot of right? yeah. well it's it's they're, they're trying to get people to generate during those periods to eliminate the need for a large amount of storage oh so they're talking about like positioning panels west Actually, or or east and like the, the more right whatever whatever, the whatever it happens to be to, to it's, like i said it's regional times of regional use huh. unfortunately this they're Wonder sources of generation yeah. are actually lists like biomass and waste incineration. I got you. So other things, <laughs> things other than solar. So those other things other than solar. It is not all solar. Okay. Uh, but there's a lot of a lot of things in this bill. It was it's fantastic that it got passed at all. It's unfortunately that a lot of like the really really cool things kind of ended up on the cutting room floor. Right. But uh, we'll see it. We'll see it continue on. Okay. Good stuff. Well, there's something going on with Tesla too. Real fast. It looks like uh, Elon Musk is out there kind of boasting that uh, storage. It says this is a utility dive. Musk sees insane fast growth for Tesla's energy storage business in upcoming year. Basically, he said that uh, Tesla executives predict. I love their language, man. These guys are like freaking college kids. Mad growth levels in 2019 of 300 percent to 400 percent for its energy storage business. So there's um they're they're coming out and just saying, hey, this is coming. This is around the corner. <clears throat> we expect yeah. some major uh, growth. Okay, fine. Okay, yeah, this was an earnings call. Um, Musk is not one to, to, to sit down and, and play it cool. <laughs> but the issue is, remember I said um, that Massachusetts now has to install a gigawatt hour of storage within the next couple of years. Uh, and I think this is that's where it's coming from. These, these are ev anyone everywhere is all talking about storage because we need to time shift this energy that was that was something that we talked about with uh, our own our mikos uh greg kresge um to be able to time shift this energy we need to be able to generate it when we can keep it for when we need it and the only way to do it is storage uh the best energy density storage we have right now are these these batteries these lithium technology batteries whether it's it's lithium ion or lithium polymer something lithium Whatever. I will uh, we'll talk to the battery guys. In, yeah, I'll talk to the guys second. in a sec. But 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 we'll talk to the batteries in a second. But, but I mean, that everybody is going to be relying more and more on on storage technologies going forward. Well, what I thought was uh, kind of just surprising is he said, "Hey, one of the things that we're facing that's slowing us down is a shortage of electricians." 
<laughs> he says it takes two years I to train th- up an electrician. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we obviously can't grow faster than, than that rate because yeah. there's not enough electricians around to physically install them. And he talks about the power yeah. wall. And up until then, I thought he was probably referencing more utility scale stuff. But he specifically mentions mm-hmm. power wall in that in that statement. Like this is a residential impact, right? You're talking about 300% right. growth in resi, right. which is whoa. Uh, that's that's pretty uh, uh, and, amazing. And you've mentioned that that it's very very difficult to get a power wall as as a device. I mean, you can't, you can't get Well, that was more of a production stock. thing, right? So it was like they just haven't, I think right. what, well, I, what I understood or the rumors were yeah. that it was going to the car, to the to the needs of the car, same cells, right? So it right. just yeah. wasn't available for Powerwall, and so people were waiting a long time, and that seems to have been the case. But, you know, maybe they're uh, they're hitting some good milestones with the cars, and perhaps they're going to expand their uh, production capability and then go after this three to 400% growth. Well, they absolutely are. Um, they're the Gigafactory Two in Buffalo, North New York, is going to be making uh, cells as well as the, not just the solar cells, but the actual um, lithium battery cells, as far as I'm aware. <clears throat> so they're going to basically have a whole second factory. There which, you go. Should, should do a lot for production for them. Uh, but yeah, they're they're putting out a tremendous amount already, and it's only going to go up because the demand is going up. Absolutely. So, hey, just and just before we wrap this, we got a Maui now. We got a great article uh, about the Molokai uh, util- first utility scale plant that is going in in Molokai. And of course, we talked with Greg Kresge about this uh, when we did our Molokai show about a month or so ago. And uh, you know, this was pending, and now it's been approved by the PUC. So it's a 2.64 megawatt project, including three megawatts uh, battery energy storage system uh, by Molokai New Energy Partners. And uh, so this is pretty exciting. This is a huge impact. For uh, for Molokai, uh, they're going to be selling uh, energy or delivering energy at 17 cents per kilowatt hour, which is far less than what the uh, it costs to produce it by diesel. Uh, you've got about uh, 3,200 customers out there, and this is a 22-year contract. It's going to be saving them money, which is great stuff. I mean, this is a big deal. You know, they um uh, they did mention that this uh, this company, New Energy Partners, used this thing called a New Market Tax Credit, and I had actually looked that up because I'd never heard of it before. And uh, it looks mm-hmm. like it's to you know serve underserved areas, special tax credits that uh, the financiers of these systems can employ to make these jobs more uh, more profitable and more competitive and get them in. But this is a big deal. You get a lot of um, get a lot of uh, a lot of renewable energy going in over there. Uh, and this yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. It is it is the <clears throat> largest size I think they can actually um, as an independent entity, Miko, uh, sign a contract for without having to go out for uh, for proposals. Under that two point so seven, right? It's, it's is it something under, like that? Yeah. yeah. Yep, but but it is going to be located right next to the existing power facility. We actually saw the site. Uh, it, ex- extremely convenient, very very cool. I don't I don't think there are any negatives in this at all. It's just it's going to give them an entire like one of those giant diesel generators. Yeah. It's going to give them an entire entire solar generator. Excellent. So those are our news and events, folks. And we're going to wrap now. Listen to our commercials. Uh, and when we come back, we have Kyle Bolger and Ben uh, coming in from Puerto Rico with Blue Planet Energy. We're going to talk all about energy storage. Very excited to to tap these guys' minds. They're real smart guys. Aloha and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. 
to Uchi Electric. A leading worldwide inverter manufacturer presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tabuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tabuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Batter Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. All right, so those are our great sponsors. Thank you so much to everybody who's helped keep the solar coaster on air. We are going to move right into this conversation about energy storage. You got a couple of great guests that have called in. Uh, can you guys hear me already? Uh, Kyle, Ben, you out there? Yeah, I can hear you. Aloha. Hey, aloha, gentlemen. Aloha. Welcome to the solar coaster. Yeah, good to good to have you on board again. You both have been uh, on board the coaster before, right? Oh yeah, this is Kyle Bolger. I have been on before with you, Josh. Nice to see you again. Uh, but uh, Ben Widmer, I believe this is your first call on. That's right. All right. Well, welcome, Ben. Great to have you on board. Thanks. Ben, are you uh, are you in Hawaii right now, or are you in Puerto Rico with uh, with Kyle? Yeah, you bet. I'm I'm in Hawaii right now. Okay, great, great, great. So you guys are you, you guys are both from Blue Planet Energy, and you're real experts in your field. What are your what are your respective roles in the organization? Yeah, sure. So I'm the uh, the this is Kyle, I'm the VP of Engineering at Blue Planet Energy, and Ben Widmer on the line here is our Director of uh, Product Development. Okay, okay, Product Development, and okay, got it. So, and Kyle, you are in, as I understand it, you've been stationed out in um, in Puerto Rico doing some really interesting work out there. What's going on? Uh, maybe we'll get that, jump right into that, because I kind of want to hear about what's happening in your world out there, uh, considering that you're in kind of the heat of it right now. Yeah, that's that's a good way to say it, a positive light on it, the heat of it. Uh, unfortunately, this island is still recovering uh, from the hurricane that was almost a year ago now. And so there's still plenty of people without power, super intermittent power, poor power quality. So those people that are um, ready to take uh, power into their own hands are, are going off the grid or they're providing solar and storage for their homes um, so they can take advantage of when the grid is there. But 
but not be dependent on that reliability and quality. That's so amazing. It's, uh, it's not just uh, talking about the what if of the future. It's uh, it's the real present need for these folks right now. Right, and this is really a cautionary tale, right, for us because it's an it's an island, small island grid, right? And um, and I'm not sure how long ago it was it was it six months or a year ago that the the hurricane hit and then was com- just basically annihilated, right? And then there was all these problems. A lot of people didn't have power. It was, it was real tragedy. And then um, even after some fixes had been made, uh, we uh, we saw that. Uh, we saw that there was even a major outage, right, across the entire island once it had been fixed. Uh, and now, so we're seeing more and more and more solar being deployed. I guess people are taking, like you said, taking it into their own hands. What, what, um, you know, what, what's going on out there? What are some of the projects you're working on specifically? Uh, well, you summed it up pretty nicely. I will say that the, uh, the hurricane hit September 20th, uh, 2017. So it's, it's, like I said, almost been a year. Um, there were thousands and thousands of solar electric systems here, uh, a little over 10,000 from one PPA provider alone uh, that did not have batteries. So the oh, so yeah. solar wasn't brand new to the island, but storage has become a rude awakening for them because um, those uh, you know, some of those customers weren't as well informed as they could have been. Uh, and, and they were kind of surprised that they didn't have power when the grid went down and, and they'd already invested in solar. So, so we're doing a little bit of uh, triage and making sure people understand what they do and don't have, and then, and then you know, having a product that can come into existing solar electric systems and, and just add a battery, add storage, add that resilience so are reliability you, are you, um, this in is, our focus. This is actually really interesting because uh, are we talking about, um, are you finding yourself in a situation where you're adding to existing systems? Like, are you AC coupling? Meaning, like, are you yeah. bringing in a flex power outback and your uh, your your your, yeah, your, your blue ion system? We're going to get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> are, like, are you because that's actually something that I'm seeing right now as a requirement or as a need here in, in, in throughout Hawaii. People are asking about that. We just had the governor sign the bill. I don't have the bill number in front of me, but the one that allowed uh, everyone to get uh, added storage, all the NEMS system owners, the 60,000 NEMS out here in Hawaii, to get storage right. without ITR, which we're excited to see how that's going to pan out. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people have PV inverters, and they got to bring in a battery, and they're going to have to do it through AC coupling, or they're going to have to swap out their inverter. Uh, so can you explain to us how that, some of that's working, maybe? That, that could help people out here quite a bit, too. Sure. I mean, there's a couple companies that have that option for AC coupling. So uh, Sunny Island is the most notable one, and, and there's luckily enough Sunny Boy customers here that are just plopping in a Sunny Island with uh, one of our batteries. Uh, but Outback also has a solution for AC coupling. Schneider has a solution for AC coupling. Um, not so many Schneiders in Hawaii because they don't comply with fuel, uh, the uh, sorry the Rule 14H out there. Um, but uh, but Outback um, is the sort of probably the preferred choice for the folks in Hawaii that want to do that. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, do you want to jump in here, Anthony? Yeah. Hey, um, Kyle, I have a question for you. So, the uh, the structure, I mean, the um, the overall well-being of the grid out there, is it like at 80% or 30%? I mean, how much is the grid working out there in Puerto Rico right now? Yeah, the percentages uh, are being reported all over the board. And in my experience, it's probably closer to like 60 maybe 70% back up. Um, there's some communities that are not going to get power for another couple of years Whoa. Um, because they're so incredibly devastated and getting the transmission lines back there um, is, is pretty daunting. Right. So, I mean, even the house that I'm staying at, which is a, a nice home and a, a seemingly well-funded um, uh, community, we'll say, 
Uh, we lost power today and we lost power two days ago, and not just for 10 minutes, but for several hours. Uh, in fact, we even lost water today um, at our house for a couple of hours. So <laughs> wow. the, the, the island is by no means, uh, you know, back up and running uh, business as usual, but it, it's a resilient community, and people are certainly uh, in good spirits and, and happy to, like, kind of deal with it and, and get it back slowly. But, it, but water is actually a huge part of it. I know you didn't ask this, but, but we, we also are doing quite a few water pumping projects. And you can imagine these communities that we're relying on uh, electricity to pump up to the cisterns and do water filtration for clean, safe water. Um, they were running to the store to fill up gas cans, to get their generator going, to get water pumping on a daily basis, sometimes several times a day. Um, one community we helped... Uh, sort of repopulate, they they had lost half their community. Over 60 homes were vacated out of 120-person residential uh, community because they only had water twice a week. So we put a solar storage system in, and now they've got more water than they need every day. And so that's probably one of the biggest home runs that we've been super proud of, and we're, uh, we're working on several more projects like that. So, um, Kyle, just you know, I just actually got a text message from a from a listener, and he, he said, "Okay, so I have a solar system here in in Maui, and I know I know his solar system. Cause I installed it. It's an N-phase based system. Yeah. And so he, he's like, how do I go about getting a battery? What, what's going to happen? Does my do I, my inverters need to be swapped out? Do they not need to be swapped out? Can you can you could you answer that question for him? If he wanted a Blue Planet Energy, uh, if he wanted a um, uh, a blue ion system, uh, what would, yeah, what would he have sure. to do to get to get one? How would that work technically? Yeah. So the the, the simplest answer is you just put a radian inverter in. That's a UL 1741 compliant, SA compliant, UL 14H compliant, etc. Uh, with one of our batteries, and away you go. You can you can AC couple that inverter, and um, you use a, a simple relay for the AC coupling. Can you explain what you mean by AC couplings? We talk about that in the show. Maybe you can give a better explanation than we have. Yeah, it's, it's really just a relationship that the PV array has to the battery. So does the, the PV array has DC power coming off. So if it goes from the PV array DC to the battery DC, it's, it's DC coupled. But like your customer's home, he's got inverters on the roof, the microinverter, so it goes from DC to AC on the roof. Before it leaves the roof, it's already AC powered. comes down to another inverter, in which case that inverter reverts it back to DC to charge the battery. This might seem like an overcomplication of the problem, the, the system, but reality is, is most of us are consuming energy during the day as AC power, and we will be storing a little bit. So for some scenarios, it makes sense to just go straight to AC, consume what you can, and then you just simply invert the extra back to DC and store it in the battery for uh, later Gotcha. Day right gotcha. Gotcha. And so, from a retrofit perspective, a lot of the times you're doing AC coupling, right? And then, are there sometimes when you would want to swap out the inverter? Like, if you had, for example, like we were just talking about Enphase on this one friend's roof we just talked about a moment ago. If you have Solar Edge, uh-huh. uh, is it something that you could? I mean, or, or like another central inverter? Do you sometimes change the inverter and just put in, or do you always AC couple for a retrofit? Uh, boy. I hate to use any infinitives like that. Right, you most of the time. You AC couple with a solar edge, no problem. But uh, but you might want to change it out to like a high voltage DC charge controller. Um, but but most people that have a, an AC inverter that's working, it, it doesn't make financial sense to switch it to DC. Gotcha. Uh, but certainly if you're going to design a system from the beginning, uh, DC coupling is smarter. 
the most. Right. And that's because it's more efficient? Is that why? Yeah, but we're really splitting hairs. It's a couple percent more efficient if you do the math one way. And Just it's, maybe you know, less complicated, less 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 amounts of companies involved, right? So it's better to Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, okay. I think people really dramatize the efficiency aspect, and it's really not a big deal. Right. Uh, but again, if you're starting from the beginning, it's something like that. But, but it's not worth the headache or effort to, to rewire it unless... No, unless your inverter is already breaking down or not working for some reason, you sure. can replace it anyway. And that's what sure. I was going to say. If, if they're already aging out for whatever reason, then uh, yeah, I would look at reevaluating the whole system. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, well, we we wanted yeah. to this show. We were looking at going through and Ben, jump in at any moment here, buddy. Um, we were looking at going into uh, you know explaining some of the core. Uh, core talking points about how people can if they're if they're if they have a NEM system and they want to integrate a battery how do they go about doing that how do they choose the battery what are some of the value points they should be aware of you know longevity warranties things like that we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that also sizing and how do they make decisions you know because people are really just kind of getting their heads around it's like 10 years ago with PV what's PV right now it's kind of like still like what's storage people have heard about Tesla they've heard a couple of brands maybe but really uh, they're still just getting kind of up that learning curve right so um, you know what um what what you know can we talk about maybe for example sizing a little bit i mean how do you go about determining how many kilowatt hours you need for a solar system when you when you bring it in uh, for for an existing net meter you know grid tied system <laughs> great question ben do you want to try that stamp at that one yeah sure i'm happy to jump in on that one um okay so you know basically you know you'll find some ratios that kind of come into play for convenient basic sizing um and, you know, stop me if, if I'm saying something that's, you know, sort of already understood. But sure. generally, you know, if you have a sense of what somebody's consuming energy-wise throughout the day, and then you understand, you know, how much solar generation they have, it basically breaks down like an energy budget. So, you know, you can basically, if they've got a pre-existing array, you can look at the quantity uh, of energy that they're likely to generate and then convert, you know, perhaps half of that into energy storage so that, you know, as they're as their solar panels are generating or capturing energy throughout the day, um, you know, either that's feeding back to the grid or it's being stored for later use. Um, so, you know, basically, in our case, the LFP batteries can be charged up very quickly. Um, so you can, you know, just basically look at maybe one or two hours of solar generation and start the, the battery capacity sizing there. So if they have a five or, you know, eight kilowatt EV array, you might start with, you know, eight kilowatt hours. but you know, really much, much beyond that, it just kind of becomes a basic budget of, you know, what are they consuming and what are they losing to the grid that they can't use later? And, you know, what kind of energy storage do they want if they want to be more independent from the grid? So, you know, anybody who's done some basic budgeting, um, the discussion, it kind of comes together easily. But if you've got a more specific scenario or if I missed it, you know, happy to happy to go back to that topic. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so like, uh, it's a a portion of what you consume on your daily basis is generally what you're integrating, like an eight kilowatt. And I think blue your your blue ion system started eight kilowatt hours. Is that right? That's right. And then you, we go up to 12, and the maximum capacity for one cabinet is 16 kilowatt hours. Right. And then if you know if more storage is required, you can have multiple cabinets. And you can you can um, scale that up considerably, as I understand it, on a single radiant inverter, right? Is there a certain maxes uh, that, you, that you typically go to? There's probably sort of a practical maximum in terms right. of the available space in a given site, but there's not a hard limit. So okay. if somebody needed a massive amount of energy storage 
you know, they could they could do it. Um, just practically, it's probably going to more or less fall along the lines of need and budget. Okay. And once again, folks, for our listeners out there, we're talking about grid outage scenarios. We're talking about battery backup. We're not necessarily talking about self-supply, right? We're not talking about like consumer self-supply systems here in, in Maui, for example. We're talking about you have a NEM, you want to get battery backup. How does it work? How do you size it? What about um, power considerations? Uh, for example, is it possible to have this go right into the main or do you often do that? Uh, how, or do you have critical loads panels as a necessity? What are you doing out there and, 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 and what do you recommend for for people out here sure um so essentially you know the location of the energy storage and the location of the battery and the inverter and the overall electrical scheme you know a lot of folks are using you know sub panels to back up critical loads um, but it's really flexible from the battery standpoint we're kind of agnostic um, so it's most often going to be determined by the installer but I, it seems like you know Folks who are purely off-grid, they might just have their whole system, you know, one panel that's running. Um, but for self-consumption or for uh, NEM, you know, potentially they've got a, a backup loads panel or they've got their higher loads on that so that they can get the maximum amount of energy and energy storage to minimize their grid dependency. Well, what is the um, maximum power capability of your system uh, at a given moment? Like, what can it just, what can it, how many, how many loads can it meet all at once? I think that's kind of you a question people have. So if you've got a single Blue Ion 2.0 cabinet, the continuous output power is 8 kW. 8 kilowatts, um, okay. And so that's generally higher than most base loads for a resident. Right. Um, so, and, you know, we have peak capacities up to, you know, 10 or 12 kW that, you know, for minutes or so. Um, so that's helpful. That's kind of a good starting point. And again, if you need more power, you can have multiple cabinets. So you put in a multiple, another cabinet, and is it is it additive? Like, do you get twice that power capability? Certainly. You can double the power storage um, in terms of energy storage, and then you can definitely double the output power, the continuous output power. Right. So, okay. So you have a, a lot of, one of the amazing things about, and we're really talking about, you know, Blue Planet uh, and the Blue Ion system is really kind of the top end of both energy storage in terms of longevity, in terms of quality, in terms of power, and the scalability. You've got kind of more flexibility with this system than any other one that I'm acquainted with. Uh, so, you know, we're kind of talking about the high end here, which is fantastic, because this is what's really, what's really uh, kind of, I guess, you know, um, kind of charting the, the course for energy storage in, in homes. So, all right. So you, you, you could use critical loads or you may be able to intercept the main, I guess, just kind of do the whole house backup. That seems possible with what we just described. Um, what about um, integrating a generator? Are people doing that as well? Is there a generator input? If you if you don't have enough sun and your batteries are discharged completely in an outage scenario, are people running generators to recharge them as a, as a, like a secondary or a third backup? Certainly, you bet. Um, especially, you know, in places where the grid is intermittent or certainly off-grid locations generators are frequently part of the system and those are going to be managed by the inverter in most cases and you know our systems are fully compatible with you know generator as a charging source excellent excellent so is there are there certain sizes that's like a like a standard 10 kilowatt generator or something like that or a 12 or is it anything um kyle you might have a little bit more depth on that one but generally sure. you would yeah, go so ahead, Kyle. The rule of thumb that we, uh, sorry about that. Yeah, so the rule of thumb that we typically use is about twice the size of your inverter. And the theory there is that your inverter uh, is designed to run your loads uh, and charge your batteries. So if the generator is coming on, that means you might need to be doing both at the same time. So you've got to have, uh, you know, if an 8-kilowatt radian, for example, and you had a 16-kilowatt generator, 
Um, you could be running your loads with 8 kilowatts and charging your batteries with 8 kilowatts. So effectively, you're reducing your generator runtime by having a higher power generator. Mm. Otherwise, your generator might have to be on for two, three, four hours mm. um, to charge that same battery bank. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. sure it does, sure it does. So the, I'm seeing a really kind of secure situation being described here, you know, if these systems can integrate effectively and be reliable, right? So let's say that someone, um, you know, feels like they, this is the type of uh, system they want and they want to have this kind of security, they're excited about this. Um, what, what are the, when they're considering getting a battery, I know, of course, with lithium iron phosphate, Sony lithium iron phosphate, which is your chemistry of choice, this is on the high end, the warranties are really great. Can you explain to us kind of the, the general, um, let's say, uh, playing field or the arena of batteries? How do these chemistries compare? How do these warranties compare? Um, you know, how can somebody make a decision and, and go with this kind of a kind of a premium product? Sure. Well, uh, we certainly appreciate your enthusiasm about our product. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, have, uh, we, we do have a strong warranty. You know, it's, it's 15 years, and, and it's a, a bit of an audacious warranty to some people, but... Um, with all of the uh, testing and research that we've done, we feel like it's exceptionally conservative. We have we have no problems giving that kind of a warranty with our product. Um, but uh, as you mentioned, you know the higher capital cost is a little hard for some people. Um, so the playing field is that there are a lot of cheaper products out there, and and if you um, you know are constrained on budget and you want to get something that's not going to last quite as long, uh, it's certainly um, possible to do that. Uh, but it also comes with a couple other caveats. It's not just the life um, cycle limit you're getting. You're also getting probably a much more dangerous battery in some ways. Um, I don't want to, like, you know, uh, so dramatize the situation. Oh, sure. We've talked but, about safety and about thermal runaway and things like that on the show before. So certain chemistries yeah. are more prone to that effectively than other chemistries, right? That's what you're talking about, yeah? Yeah, exactly. And. And, you know, it, it could be a fairly extreme scenario. You could have a, a fire in your house for any any reason, you know, whether it doesn't have to be the batteries or the solar. But if you subject some of these other chemistries to a fire, um, they become not just flammable but explosive. Um, or you're, you know, in a hurry and you back up into your garage a little too quickly and you run into your battery cabinet. Mm. Again, you don't want an explosive item on your wall. You, you want something that's going to have some stability to it. So. We're very happy with the thermal and um, like puncture stability of our battery, um, so there there can't be um, any any catastrophic accidents. Right, right. Well, you know, one of the things that's interesting, I think, right now, from because the, the the trade-off is kind of like cost, power, performance, longevity, and then there's this issue of safety, which is you know obviously super relevant too, right? But uh, when we look at integrating a battery to an existing NEM system. You know, there was that guidance letter by the IRS about maybe six months or a year ago that suggested, to my knowledge, once again, folks, I'm not a tax professional, so please consult with your tax advisor for uh, the definitive on your situation. But as I understand it, that 30% federal ITC should be applicable for simply a battery uh, in integration, and a battery retrofit. So that can um, that can kind of mitigate that, that spend uh, for a lot of folks out there, if they put in a uh, you know want to put in a battery backup system on an M, if they get if that if they're they're ready to do that, and then you can thirty percent, the feds are going to kick in and support. That's kind of that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely, it's a big deal. And uh, I mean, you said it. Consult your tax professional, but uh, we absolutely have seen quite a few people um, successfully uh, integrate their storage into their tax credit as part of their solar electric system. Right, 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 right. 
Very good, very good. Well, fellas, would you like to, Anthony, you want to jump in here? Yeah, I had, uh, Kyle, one more quick question. Um, have you noticed a ramp up um, this coming hurricane city, uh, season out there? Like, is there a lot more people uh, that, you know, learned their lesson last year around that have already had their power restored and they're like, look, you know, it's getting that time of year where it's August, early September, where the hurricanes um, in the Gulf really start ramping up. Um, have you noticed a, like a really, really big hard push this time of year where people are really trying to do this or is it just as normal there? Um, yeah, you know, it's been so fast, it's hard to judge if it's getting faster. Um, there's certainly some like end of year tax credit things that are coming as well. Uh, but basically everyone here is waiting on products. Gotcha. Systems have been sold and they are ordering you know, product and waiting months and months and months. So, um, yeah, they're they're going as fast as they can possibly get products on the island. And there's a lot of high quality uh, installers on the island to to get these things done. So, we're we're excited about how fast it's going. Um, but uh, but if we can get product here faster, that would actually speed things up. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, if um, so for people that are listening, uh, you know, if you have a net metering system out here in Maui or throughout Hawaii, you'd like to consider getting battery backup. You'd like to be able to take advantage of tax credits this year. Uh, it's, it should be possible to uh, give a call to an installer like Maui Solar Project. You know, they are a sponsor and uh, we, we, we are here uh, and we can uh, we are also a, a Blue Ion uh, authorized uh, dealer so we can install these systems. And, uh, you know, you can take advantage of not only tax credits, but energy security and get access and you know get access to this tech right now prior to our hurricane season yeah, are, isn't there a hurricane uh, uh, somewhere in the pacific right now is it hector is that the one i keep seeing pop up in the, in the news right now yeah it's, i believe it was hector and there was one not too long ago that was really looking like it was going to hit guam and then it went over towards japan but i mean it's yeah it's that time of year and you know it, we might not get a you know a direct hit by one but hawaii's gotten hit by hurricanes a lot i mean everyone knows what happened over in Kauai with the big one that hit over there a while ago so um, you know, energy independence is definitely a good thing, especially when you want to go solar. Huge. It's huge. You know, and it's what I find interesting right now is like a lot of the reasons are really stacking up, right? You know, before you might have been able to say, ah, oh, geez, if I, I don't know if I can put in a, a battery backup to a NEM, but you know, that guy, that, 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 that's possible now. The precedent's well set and it's been reiterated with this new bill from the governor. So you can, all those 60,000 NEMs out there that don't have batteries, you can get them. Generally speaking, people that have those NEMs, they've already paid for those systems yeah. and they're kind of excited to kind of, what's the next? step in renewable energies yeah. so it's an opportunity to uh to actually take that step and then you have this uh this guidance letter from the irs which is really exciting too so you can take advantage of federal itc that that 30 percent tax credit you stack all that up together it's kind of like mm, why not you know right. I, I should i should do that it's just a question of you know what it's a question of choosing the, the technology that's going to work and give them the best value and that's kind of where the conversation tends to tends to center around you know so we have been talking with uh with kyle here from uh blue planet energy and uh, ben uh and so hey gentlemen thank you so much really has been great you guys uh jason or anthony have any other final questions for these fellas no, just going back to no, the, think we're gonna, oh, oh. yeah just going back to the whole um you know energy independence thing back in the good old nem days you know early 2014 2015 i'd meet a lot of people that were interested in going solar and i would get this question asked to me a lot of time or brought to me like wait a second you want me to spend forty thousand dollars on a solar system and if the grid goes down i don't have power i mean there was a lot of people that was really stopping them from going solar for that fact and now we're in the part of the solar technology realm where you can have your cake and eat it too you can you know lower your monthly utility bill and you have energy storage and independence so it's just a really really good time to go solar so 
Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's exciting stuff. You know, I, uh, I tend to, when, when the whole storage conversation started, Kyle, back in like, I mean, of course, it's been around forever, but back in 15 when it became a major priority, yeah. <laughs> you know, back then we were for talking Hawaii. about, yeah. right? Yeah, for Hawaii. And I remember thinking, well, you know, people are at one point going to think about energy storage for their homes like a refrigerator. Yeah. Like, you know, there, there was a time when we didn't have refrigerators and there was a fellow with was an ice block truck and they came around and dropped a big block of ice in your, in yeah. your ice box, you know, how however long that was. It was before my time, right? But, uh, you know, and, and then from that point on, we had refrigerators, and it's a standard. Of course, you have yeah. refrigerators. That's where you put your food. That's how, that's what you do. It seems like energy storage could kind of be like that kind of thing maybe in five years yeah. or who knows how long. It's like indoor plumbing in a lot of ways, too. I mean, back in the day, you didn't have indoor plumbing. You know, now we have electricity indoors, but now you make the energy on top of your roof. I mean, it's just like the next evolution into, you know, yeah. home ownership. So. Yeah, really, really exciting stuff. Jay, what say you, my friend? It just turns into an appliance. You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much yeah, how it goes. I, I hope you're not. I hope you're Fair not. Enough. Blue Do appreciate your time, gentlemen. Like Thank you very much. No, we would never. <laughs> the blue iron's way too pretty for that. <laughs> Absolutely. How about More you? More like a wine cabinet. Yeah, a wine cabinet. A wine, right, a wine cabinet. Uh, hey, Ben and, and Kyle, you have any last uh, words you'd like to share with our listeners before we tune, uh, tune, tune off here? Uh, you guys are great, man. Thanks for having us on. We always appreciate it. Can't wait to get back to Hawaii to see uh, all of you. Yes. Um, yeah. Much love. All right. Be safe All out right. there, Kyle. Yeah. All good right. luck. Likewise. And good work, man. Thanks, Thanks man. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Okay, so we got a few minutes left here. We have an opportunity to talk a little bit about our future focus section. Yay, our, the, future focus. The redheaded you stepchild of the solar good. coaster. Oh, no, I, I said it with the redhead in the room. <laughs> Sorry, Anthony. Just for the listeners, Anthony is is uh, is a, a dread, uh, what can I say? You a ginger a, dready. A ginger Ring of Rasta. He's, he's got dreadlocks and yep. he's got red hair. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this. This is, I, and I expect, I brought this uh, this article in our what future is, what focus. What is this? Because you have yeah. I'm gonna. Is, I'm yeah. gonna say V to G. V to G. You, you want to say What that. is V to G? Well, this is the. This is really kind of an exciting area of renewable energies because we're well of storage, energy storage, which is you know related to renewable energies. Vehicle to grid is what V to G stands for. And, uh, you know, there's this article here. It's on pddnet.com. I don't know if we've ever used this source before, but they had a kind of a pretty uh, a lengthy discussion about V2G uh, here. And really what we're talking about is because we also I – mean, we, we just had a whole conversation about energy storage, right? We talked about NEM systems, right. expanding those systems. We didn't get into consumer self-supply systems, not quite enough time to do that. But we talked about how to get battery backup for your existing solar system, and that's pretty cool. Now, uh, that being said – some of these people already have uh, electric vehicles, and they know that they've got, uh, they may know that if they've got a Nissan Leaf, they have, I don't know, 20, 30 kilowatt hours of storage in there, right? If they've I got actually, a, I actually you, you have all the numbers? Okay, I go for it. it I want it to know. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, like your Tesla Powerwall too has 13.5 kilowatt hour capacity rate. Um, your, your LG Chem uh, comes in varying sizes, 3.3, 6.5, or 9.8, depending on, on uh, your Nissan Leaf has 24. Right. And your Tesla Model S. And you can wheel it around. <laughs> 60 or 85, depending on if you spring for the extra capacity battery. Isn't there 100 but it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fact. It's, it's, it's five times larger than your average power wall, right? It's, it's, it's just a gigantic amount of power that you're rolling around with. And so, yeah, you can, you, you can leverage it for Storage. other uses if 
the technology will allow you to. Right. So the you know, I guess what you would say is if if you're sitting there, you got your big PV system, right, and then you go, you're driving around in your fancy Tesla. And what well, what do I need a battery yep. backup system if I've got it? Can I just plug this in and then and then call it a day? Well, well if you drive away, your house has no power. First of all, <laughs> yeah, two minutes. Okay. So, but what's this is this is the future focus section. Uh, this has been done, of course, uh, and there are um, and it's an exciting it's an exciting aspect of kind of what's coming down the road. No pun intended. EVs, but um, you know we the, the bottom line is that there is the capacity. There is a, a boatload of energy storage inside of these vehicles in an outage scenario. There uh, there there should be systems uh, soon where we can actually take advantage of this and be able to release that energy into our homes, power our homes during an outage, and have our solar systems you know uh, continue to function. That would be ideal. Um, so there are some some technologies that are doing this right now. Jay, was it the iMeve, the Toshiba iMeve, that was kind of the first one? And there's a couple of others. I think they're in Japan. They had them, and they're kind of playing with this yeah, technology. Yeah, Nissan had a partnership with Mitsubishi to make it to make an inverter uh, charging unit that would actually take power out of the car and feed it back into um, for for AC power. And that was specifically in relation to the Fukushima event, right? Years okay. and years and years ago now, um, that they wanted to be able to drive a Nissan Leaf in, just plunk it down, and have electric power in areas that were just completely devastated. Well, this so um, that's that's yeah. This this article yeah. here, uh, this PD, pddnet.com, they talk about different pilot projects around the world. If you want to get your head around that or find out how to uh, make all that happen, then go for it and check it out, guys. Hey, this has been the Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County. Uh, we're here at Coa 1110 AM. We got a great group of sponsors: Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonam Battery, Pika Energy, and Sundrum Solar. It's been a really cool show. I've enjoyed it. I've learned a few things myself. Love hearing from Kyle Bolger out there, Blue Planet Energy, and Ben. Thank you for calling in too. Solar Anthony's here on the front lines. Always has great feedback and ideas, right? Yes, I. And Jay. Yeah, yeah. this has been the Empire Strikes Back of uh, battery shows, right? We had the yes. first one, and now we have the second <laughs> one, and we're gonna have we're gonna have to do one more. <laughs> yeah, I think the next one's gonna be self-supply and start to really get into the chemistries, yeah. right? So yeah. we'll have that warranty and chemistry conversation. So, Absolutely. hey, folks, uh, thanks so much. Have a wonderful weekend and Aloha Friday from the Solar Coaster. Aloha. Take it easy.